Thank God it was good to hear a word from Matthew and, uh, you know, that Matthew has bestilled in us to put our trust in him. And that's a great word to hear from him. And thank God that we have Jesus leading our life because I've seen enough out of myself that what I've done with my life, I wasn't too good in control of my life. But once I let Jesus take control and I followed him, he said, I come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. Thank God. Somebody give him praise this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as I come before you this morning, God, I want to thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for this service, Lord. And I ask you, Lord God, to send your Holy Spirit to anoint this service, Lord. Lord, let Dwayne get out of the way, Lord, and let your spirit, Lord, bring forth the word, Lord. You said you would bring back, you said we bring back to remembrance the, thing, the word, Lord God. God, I thank you and I praise you, Lord. Lord, just give me the tongue of the learned, Lord God, and to bring your seasoned word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody can turn to John, uh, John chapter 21. <clears throat> John chapter 21, verse 1, he says, After these things, Jesus, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in, his way he, and in this way he showed himself, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in, in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two others of his disciples were, were together. And what John is explaining here, John is explaining here that Jesus had already went to the cross. Jesus had already finished the work at the cross, that he had already went to the lower parts of earth, he had already set captivity captive, as it says in Ephesians 4. It says he had already came and went to the tomb. He said he had already rose on the third day and he was manifesting himself here to these guys and said the work had already been done on the cross. said it was finished, what he had done. said he was manifesting himself here to these guys. And he said, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Did you know Jesus is always, is always with you? He's always watching. This last, they were out there on this, in this water trying to catch fish. Jesus was there, still there with them and they didn't even know it. But see, I've had moments in my life where I've had to cry out to God, and I'm like, God, are you with me? But you know, it was them moments that I know he was, he was packing me. That he brought me out to other times and trials in my life because he's always with you. He said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. He's with you in your greatest moments, and he's with you in your darkest moments. And I thank God. That he loves us enough to pack us through these times. In verse 5 he says, Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered, No. Why? They had fished all night. I'll tell you why. Because it takes Jesus to give the increase. We must listen to his voice in everything that we do. In verse 6, and he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. 
So they cast, and now they were not, or they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, which everyone, if you don't know, the disciple that, uh, that, that Jesus loved, he's talking about John here. He says, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits dragging the net with fish. Have you ever been into a moment? He said he was 200 cubits. If you add that up, it's about 300 feet. See, whenever he seen Jesus, he jumped off of that boat and he swam to him. That's how excited he was to see Jesus. I remember when I very first got saved, listen, every Sunday, every Wednesday, I was going to church because I wanted to learn about my Jesus. If I could find a revival, I was going to be there because I wanted to learn about my Jesus and worship him just like Peter he said if I have to swim I'll swim if I have to run I'll run if I have to walk I'll walk if I have to crawl I'll crawl but I'm gonna get to my Jesus hallelujah <laughs> whenever I read the word and I get to, I get to talking about Jesus I'm passionate y'all can confess to that right I want to get to my Jesus because his word is alive. We don't save no my God. He said, your God may be dead, but mine's still alive. Hallelujah. See, I get excited when I talk about Jesus because I know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. In verse uh, 9, he says, Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there. And the fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. See, even though Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, even though He came, descended and walked on this earth as a man, went to a cross and was crucified like a sinner who knew no sin, rose from the grave and came back and manifested himself here to these people, he was still being a servant. The Bible says, let the greatest among you be the servant. See, he loved just like God because he is God. He said he loved that he wanted to serve. And see, that's what he's calling us to do, to be a servant. And then verse 11 he says, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. You know, if God has called you to a path, He will provide your needs. Listen, if He's called you to walk a certain road, He will take care of you. He will nourish you. He will comfort you. And everything that you need, He will supply your needs. Just like whenever um, I come up, I knew I had to preach this Sunday and I only had one suit, so I had to go buy another suit, right? <laughs> and I was on my way back and a pastor friend called because God knows my needs. He says he knows the words before they ever leave the tongue. Do you know that? So he knew my needs. A pastor friend had called me and I, said, I told him what I was doing. And I said I was on my way back 
that I just went and bought another suit. Well, he said, come over here. He said, I've got, uh, I've got some suits that I've outgrew that I'll give you. If God has called you to a calling, to a path, he'll supply your needs. But you know, it may seem small to some people. But God is looking out even for the little things in your life. You know, he loves you so much that he wants to hear from you in every aspect of your life. He wants to hear what you did when you got up in that morning, this morning. He wants to hear whenever, from you when you go to bed. He wants to hear from you whenever you're taking a break from work. He wants to hear from you whenever you just stop and just, Lord, I need you. He wants to hear from your day, about your day because he loves you that much. But it's, he already knows what you're doing. But it's about a relationship with him. He wants you to get to know him because he already knows you. He said, I knew you from your mother's, or from your mother's womb. He already knows who you are. But he wants to have communication, fellowship. So in verse 12, Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Have you noticed something about Christians? Every time they get together, they want to eat Soon as he said, come and eat. Soon as they got together, they came and ate. But see, Jesus fed them a little more than just fleshly food. He fed them, he fed them spiritual food. He gave them the word of God. See, that inner man, you know, that inner man, the outer man is perishing day by day, but the inner man is being renewed day by day is what the Bible says. But see, you have to feed that inner man. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, we have to feed that inner man truth. And truth is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the word made flesh. See, he fed them that spiritual food so he could conquer this vessel through the Holy Spirit. And 13, he goes on to say, he says, Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus, Jesus showed himself to the disciples and after he had, was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, he said, do you love me? You know, and I can see Jesus doing that and talking to Peter, Simon. He says, do you love me? And Peter looking up at him and saying, oh, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. And see what the, the Greek word that Jesus was using here was agapal, meaning to love like God loves. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that any who believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. See, that's love with an action. See, God so loved that he gave. He put action to his love. But whenever Peter replied back to him, he used the Greek word filio, meaning a brotherly love. Loved him as a friend. But he wanted him to love him more than a friend. He wanted him to give up his life. Because he said, what did he say here? He said, feed my lambs. Feed my young converts. Feed the children, the ones coming into the family. He said, feed them. 
He wasn't talking about with, uh, with fleshly food. He was talking about spiritual food. Feed them the word of God so they can grow and stand on their own two feet. He was telling, grow them. Make my, these lambs come into sheep so they don't stray from the walk. And he goes into the next verse there in 16. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, he said, tend my sheep. And he was using the same Greek word again, agapal. But see, he came back with a friendship love again. Said He was saying to him, love me in action. Tend my sheep. See, whenever you have to tend the sheep, whoever's been on a farm before, if you've been on a farm, you know that you've got to go to the barn. There's some action that's got to be put in place, right? You're going to have to tend to the needs of them sheep. You're going to have to nourish them whenever they're sick. You're going to have to see that they're fed. You're going to have to see that they're safe. Because you do know that a sheep has no way to defend itself from a predator. If it's out in a field and a predator comes along, it cannot defend itself. So you're going to have to keep it safe, right? As a good shepherd. Did you know that's why we're called sheep? Because we have no defense mechanism against the devil on our own. But thank God that we have Jesus Christ. And he said, I'll fight your battles. Hallelujah. The battle is his, but the victory is ours. Hallelujah. On into 17, he said to him a third time. He said, Simon, son of Jonah, he said, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. He said, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, he said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. He said, I know you love me. But if you love me, he said, feed my sheep. Put action to your love. Feed my sheep. Hallelujah. And on to the end of that next verse, he says here, he says, Most assuredly, when I say, say to you, when you are younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And as often as you gird, gird you, and, and or others will, will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. That's all of our call. Is to just follow Jesus. Sometimes on our walk we can make it difficult. We can get in the way of following him. Because we want to do things in our way. But you know God sent his word. To equip us. To show us the path that he wants us to walk. And he sent us a comforter. The Holy Spirit to live inside of us. To convict us and show us the things whenever we're wrong. We should listen to that inner man to tell us. Hey. I'm here for your best interest. I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. And he told Peter. He said feed my sheep. Let's go over to 1 Peter and find out what, he what did Peter say. Was he faithful in feeding the sheep? Amen, he was.
Let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, or hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. He said to him, To lay aside all things with bad quality, anything that is wicked. He said, To lay aside anything that will bait you and snare you, anything will cause you to stumble. You know whenever you come up on something, it's, it's a weakness for you. That, that, that is sin. He said to set yourself up to succeed. See, that's how whenever you go into a job or you go into anything in this world, if you want to be good at it, you've got to set yourself up to succeed, right? So if you set yourself up to succeed in following the Lord, the first thing you need to do is guard against your weaknesses and know that, hey, that's going to be a stumbling block for me. I'm going to guard against that. Listen, I've had many of them in my life. But see, God give me the power to say, hey, and the wisdom to say, no, I don't need to go down that road. Why? Because I loved him. Because he loved me first. Hallelujah. He said, just do away with anything that would cause you to stumble. He said, don't act like you're somebody that you're not. He said, do away with all jealousy. Did you know in the book of James, it says where envy or jealousy is, every evil thing lives there? He said, to get these things out of your life and don't lie to yourself. You know, that's the worst lie you can tell is when you lie to yourself and say, well, I ain't got that in me. No, we need to recognize and ask God. He said, you ask, you'll receive, right? If you knock, it'll be open. You seek, you'll find. I need to realize, God, I have a weakness here and I need your help. That's how we overcome. In verse 2, he says, as newborn babes... He's talking about them lambs again, right? He said, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. See, whenever we get saved, when you very first got saved, and I know most of you here are mature Christians, but whenever you very first get saved, you're like a, you're like a baby. I don't care what age you are spiritually, you're like a baby because you have to be fed the word of God to grow that inner man to conquer you. See, we should desire. He says there in that verse, he said, he said, desire the pure milk of the word. And if you look that up in, into a deeper meaning, it's some means of, of craving, but it means a longing for. A longing for that word. You know, if you're a Christian and you're following God, you want to please him, right? I want to please God. I want his thinking to become my thinking. But it, this only happens by the renewing of your mind. He said, by the washing of the water of the word. He said, this, he said, don't be conformed, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. We should desire, have a longing for his word so I can apply it to my lives and not just be a hearer, but a doer of his word and become more like him. That's the process, process of being sanctified, meaning to be set apart and set unto, hallelujah. To be set apart from this world, but to be set unto God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious... Listen, if you have fellowship with him, you know that he's good. 
Have you, have you tasted that God is good? Hallelujah. Praise God. I know he's been good in my life. He says, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief uh, cornerstone, elect Precious. Lord, I know my God's precious. Talking about that precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says, And he who believes in, on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. To those, or to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief corner stone meaning meaning all things has to be built off of Jesus here's your chief cornerstone and his name is Jesus you can't build nothing in case you put the foundation of Jesus Christ first meaning all things here is the wall here's your chief or chief cornerstone and here are Jews if you're a Jew or if you are a a gin tile if you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile. If you, if you follow Christ, you Gentiles, everything has to be built right here. He said he is the chief cornerstone, and all that we do, all that we have, has to start with Jesus. If you don't start with a firm foundation, you're going to fall. The first, uh, the first storm that comes by is going to blow you over. You ain't going to stand. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you don't have joy in your life. He said joy comes within the morning. Hallelujah. And I said I was going to stay calm and try to just teach today. Y'all know that's hard for me, though. He says, but you are a chosen. Well, back up. He says, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. See, they stumbled because they were disobedient to the word. We must have the word in our lives. If, God, if Matthew has taught us anything, it's to stand on God's word that heaven and earth will, shall pass away. He said, but my word will stand forever. Hallelujah. It all starts in the foundation of him and his word. He said, you in verse 9, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. I used to walk in darkness, but once I was like Paul and I seen that light, hallelujah, we was transformed. I don't walk after things of Dwayne now. I walk after things that, that God wants us to do. That's what he's called us all to do. He said, I pulled you out of the fire, but I didn't pull you out of the fire for you to do your own thing. He said, to go back in that fire. And pull more out. Because we go out and we shine our light unto this dark world. That's how you get people saved. Hallelujah. He said, shine your light. This little light of mine. Come on, people. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Hallelujah. He said, shine your light unto the world. He said, who once were not a people but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. I thank God for that mercy. He says his, good, his grace and mercy is renewed each and every day for us. Thank God it is. He said, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. He said, abstain from fleshly lusts which war 
against the soul. You know, whenever you're walking after the flesh, it's you've got the spirit inside of you pulling this way, and you've got the flesh pulling this way, and you don't have no peace. You ever been that person? I remember before I got saved, God was calling me, and I was trying to run as fast as I could. But you know, the spirit was pulling me. God was knocking on me, and I was miserable because I was walking after the flesh, and it was warring against my soul. But see, that was the process that I had to do for me to finally fall on my knees and realize, God, I can't do this walk without you, that I got to have you. Lord, I'm just a a mere man. I need your guidance. Praise the Lord. He says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. He said, let everything that you do glorify God. And by glorifying God, you will lead others to Christ. That's what he calls us to do. He said, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. Listen, sometimes when you go out into this world, you may be the only Bible that someone else sees. And God sets up opportunities for us to let our light shine. Even when it's a stressful situation. Even whenever we're, Lord, God, I don't know if I can do this. He set up a moment. He set up an opportunity. You be consistent and stand on His Word. Not just lean back on the flesh for my trust, but I lean on God because I know that's what's going to pull me through. He sets up moments for you to let your light shine to lead people to Christ because they're going to look and say, well, hey, why ain't Andrew nervous? Why ain't Andrew running? Why ain't he scared? Because I have a God and a Savior. He said, I won't leave you as orphans. Hallelujah. He said, I'm coming back for you. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, and where I am, you shall be also. And if, he said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. And if it were not so, he said, I would have told you. I still have joy, and I got a hope. And who is hope without a question mark, guys? Jesus. Jesus. He's the only hope without a question mark. In 13, he says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to kings as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants for God." A bondservant. He's meaning somebody that serves God. We're all bondservants. Listen, somebody that I have a, I have a will. I could choose to leave, but I don't want to leave. I'm a bondservant to him. Why? Because he takes care of me well. You know, his hand is good, but it's his face that I want to see. Hallelujah. Because we, we serve him because we love him. We don't want to leave. Listen, he said, he said, well, who do you say I am? He said, well, you are the only begotten Son of God. And when he asked him, he said, are you going to leave? He said, there ain't nowhere else to go. There ain't nowhere else to go. Hallelujah. He said, honor all people. 
Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Not, with the, see, not only to the, uh, to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God you endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults, when you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable for God. Let all your actions, even when you're done wrong, let it glorify God. Listen, I don't know about you guys. If I've done something wrong and someone disciplined me, I'll take that and go. But if I ain't done nothing wrong, <laughs> my flesh wants to rise up. But see, that ain't what the Word says. The Word says, even whenever you're done wrong, let your actions still glorify God. Because, because of your actions, you will lead them to Christ. The Holy Spirit will come and put conviction on them. And you may not see it. And it may take some time. But your actions will lead others to Christ. Amen. He says, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us. He said, for this you were called. So we're called to let our light shine. We're called to lead others to Christ. We're called to feed the sheep. We're called to feed the lambs. We're called to tend the sheep, right? He said, for this you were called. If you follow Christ and He's Lord and your Savior, because we love Him, we give. We give our time. We give ourselves. We lay ourselves down. We don't look for the things of ourselves. We look out for our brother. And our brother looks out for the needs of us. That's what the Bible teaches. Because we love him. For to this you were called. Because of Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. He said he turned himself over to the one who judges righteously. Jesus said, I'm not here. He said, I, or he said I'm just here for my father's business. See, whenever we judge, that's why we're, we're, called, we're not called to judge. But if we do, we can't do it like God because we judge out of self-motives. You ever notice that? I've... I've Messed up before. But see, whenever I try to judge in my way, I do it out of myself motives. But see, God judges righteously. He judges righteously, praise the Lord. And then on 24, he said, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness? For by whose stripes you were healed. So he says there, by whose stripes you were healed. I want to explain something. The cross. In Isaiah 53, 5, they're looking at the cross. He said, by whose stripes you are healed. Because the work on the cross hadn't been done yet. This was here, they're looking to the cross. But in 1 Peter, he's looking back to the cross. He said, by whose stripes you are were healed. See, the work on the cross has already been done. Through him going and him setting the captivity captive, anything that you need in Christ has already been done. The price has been paid. So if you need anything from Christ, you can come on to the instruments. 
If you need anything from Christ, listen, guys, the work has already been done. He's already paid the price. By those stripes, you were made whole. By those stripes, you were, you were healed. Hallelujah. You know, maybe if you're here, if there's somebody here, or if you're listening by YouTube or however, and you don't know the Lord, I ask you to come. This altar is open. And listen, you don't have to be in a church service to give yourself or give yourself to God. You can nail down wherever you're at and ask God, say, Lord, and it needs to be your words, not somebody else's words, your relationship with Him. God, I need you in my life, and I know that you are the only begotten Son of God. And I want you to lead my life. As I said, whenever I got saved, I said, God, I ain't going to be perfect. But if you'll work with me, I'll be a little bit better tomorrow than I am today. I try to do that every day. Sometimes I, sometimes I achieve, sometimes I fail. But see, i got to be consistent. I keep walking. I'm going to get to Jesus no matter the cost. If I have to swim, I'll swim. If I have to run, I'll run. If I have to walk, I'm going to walk. If I have to crawl, but I'm going to make it across that finish line. And I'm going to get to my Jesus. Hallelujah. Guys, the price has already been paid. If you have something in your body, a sickness, an ailment, this altar is open. If you have depression, anxiety, spirit of fear, Jesus said, I don't give you a spirit of fear, but of love and a power and a sound mind. This altar is open.